Welcome to the podcast. This is Perspectives with Bruce. We're really glad that you joined us. This is a place for conversation, for unpacking cultural and faith perspectives. Today I have with me a friend, a new friend. His name is Anisim Zarnescu. And I'd like to just jump right in to this conversation and welcome Anisim. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bruce. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Is this the first podcast that you've done? Yes. Okay, it's yes. my second. So, okay. re- so relax. We are there. <laughs> yeah, it's really great to have you here. Uh, we've only known each other for, I think, maybe three months. Three months, yeah, maximum. Yeah. We came over and uh, Bill, one of our board members, when our family was planning to relocate after the war started, and we heard about this Christian camp, and uh, we were just looking for places and spaces that maybe we would be able to join and participate uh, with different ministries in the area, and we took a little trip outside of Cluj, and in the middle of this mountain range, we ran into this uh, Viking-looking... Uh, Romanian <laughs> man's man out chopping wood. No, we uh, we ran into Anisim, and it was still cold. It was still winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was still winter. And uh, it, we knew right away that we, we felt like God had connected us to somebody in the kingdom that was just serving away, doing some, some neat things. And so we want to just hear a little bit more. I do, sure, and I think sure. some of our <laughs> listeners as well. Who is Anisim? And that will lead us all the way towards uh, maybe some projects that you're working on right now in Cluj that are really interesting sure, from sure. a missional perspective. So, Anisim, take us back. Uh, tell us about your childhood, because I know it's it's an interesting story. Yeah, it's a different one. It's obviously not a usual one. I was just born in a family, a large family. Uh, I have uh, 15 brothers and sisters. We are 10 boys and 5 girls. <laughs> And um, that was a real adventure. I mean, I can call it, I call it myself because we are, we are not this type of child, very uh, nice and quiet. I call it a little jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 15, yeah. 15, 10 brothers, five sisters, and you were living in Bucharest, is that yes, correct? Yes, we, we live in Bucharest. So by the time I was born, we are still under communism. Uh, was Ceausescu as leadership of Romania. And um, I remember my father just, um, we just lost our house because mm-hmm. we were already 13 and the house was belonged to somebody else because by that time government took uh, houses from people. And uh, then uh, we are just, uh, they just take us out of the house. So you're 13, uh, there was 13 of you at that time? Yeah, yeah. And the government decides... Uh, that you needed to move. Yes. Wow. And so your parents, um, I can imagine it was not easy trying to find a place. No, no. 13. No, I remember very little. I just remember that my father said, hey, we we are just uh, out of house, so we may going to end up on streets. So we got to prepare for this. How old were you? About four or five, from what I remember. Okay. You know, very and in, in, the, in your family of 15, where do you rank? I'm number five. Okay. <laughs> so I have 10 younger and four older. Okay. Yeah. Now, just, just as a aside, uh, 
is that a normal size family for Romania? Were you very unique? No, we are unique, actually. In in uh, our community, by the community that my father belongs, a Christian community, that was the normal by that then. But still were five, six children. But 15, it's a little bit uh, what, different. Were, were you Catholic? Uh, no. They no. were um, evangelical church. Okay. So yeah. even during that period, there was an evangelical church yes. and movement. Yes. Right. yes. Hmm. So tell us about... Uh, now, you... You obviously found a place to stay, or your family did eventually. You're here. Yes, yes, yes. We just, uh, the government gave us another place after two years, so we we, met, we didn't have to go on the streets. But mm-hmm. um, And your uh, childhood, as you reflect and look back, 15, family of 15, positive experience, negative, mix? No, was mixed, I can say, but more positive than uh, negative. I remember these nice moments. We had an uh, inside belt in the house where we had to, when uh, the food is ready, just the bell ring and everybody go run to the to the table, to oh, the dining great. room. And uh, I don't know if many people remember, but there was once a movie with uh, Beethoven with this dog, San Bernard's dogs. Okay, yeah, Beethoven. Beethoven, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beethoven movie. And this, they have puppies, and somebody comes in, yeah. and they just call the puppies. And the house starts to shake because the dogs are upstairs. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you were the puppies. Yeah, and that's the way the yeah. sound is when this inside the ring bell called for dinner. Yeah. You could hear the whole house shaking and the wooden stairs. <laughs> you need to get, get there before the food is yeah. gone. Yeah, because even later, years later, somebody saw me how I eat and said... Uh, but this guy he knew. He says you had many brothers, isn't it? I said yes. How did you know that? He says by the way you eat. <laughs> I was still used to eat fast oh, because yeah. the food is is uh, finishing. Yeah, I think yeah. I can't I can't wrap my head around that. And people think that we have a large family, but that's uh, yeah, fifteen children. How how did your mother prepare that much food every day? We saw her all the time, like working day and night, to be honest, making food, washing, taking care of, and she did a very good job. Mm. And I don't know how she did, but she did it. Yeah. And, and that's why my parents are my heroes. They took a decision to make children, but they took also the responsibility with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are your parents alive today? Only my father. Okay. My mother. And when did your mother pass away? Uh, 14 years ago. Okay. She she had cancer, mm. so she was just struggling, and finally mm-hmm. she went. And your father is still alive, living in Bucharest? Yes. Okay. So we are born in, um, in Bucharest. And in generally, uh, your brothers and sisters, are they all in the area, or are they scattered to the four winds? <laughs> they are scattered in the country and also of the country, a couple of them. So we have one in Norway, in, in uh, Spain no more, but in Germany, Austria... So in uh, Rome, the cities in, in Romania.
When was the last time everybody was together? I think it's already six years. And that must be quite an event. Yeah, cities. We are like 35 now with the uh, nephews <laughs> oh and all the... Small uh, village. Yeah. Wow. So uh, talk to me about your upbringing in, in terms of your faith. It's, it's a big part of your life now. Yeah. Uh, do you credit that to your parents? Um, and yeah, tell us about the influence of, of Christianity in your life as a young person. My father, he was, uh, he was a pastor. He was responsible for some churches, still he is. And he just took us with him in church. As, as year passed by, he, all, he always told us that, I believe that's the way, but you must have a revelation about it. I'm not going to force you into this. It must be a choice. And uh, I remember by 14, when I was 14, I just sitting in church. It was somebody was preaching and was reading a passage where Jesus was saying to a church that um, if you look warm, I will reject you. Or you puke you from my mouth. That, that was the expression. And, uh, and then I just reflected on my life. I said, you know what? I'm really not in fire for God. And I'm not either cold. So I said, God, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot lie to you. I cannot hide from you. I don't want to. But I don't want to be any hypocrite either. To just sit here, be double. I said, I'm going to stop coming to church. Oh, wow. You made the decision to be to be true, not not to turn your life over to Christ and live for him, but you just recognized you were being a hypocrite. Yes, yes. Mm. And so... Tell us about that. You you stepped back from your faith, and that period lasted for how long? After that, because I stopped working when I was 14 already, so I was just doing uh, roofing and carpentry, and that job took me away from home, like just traveling around uh, Romania. So then um, that was a, a period of 10 years. Wow, 10, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Now you use all of these skills. I've seen you with your woodworking and construction and you're ripping down walls and roofs. That comes from that 10-year Jonah yeah. <laughs> period. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and, yet, and yet now it's something, such a big part of your life. Yes. Those 10 years, uh, were you actively like rejecting your faith or or? Tell us about that period. Was God still working <clears throat> in your heart? He was all the time working in my heart, to be honest with you. It, uh, the main reason that I left it, to be honest, is that I did not find life for me. And uh, it's not that they did something wrong, but uh, I did not see people who were very full of life. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, when he's coming, was a little bit... Uh, Depressed? Depressed. Let's, it sounds bad, but that everybody was faces down. Right. There was no life. And I was like, and everything that is not that, again, it's, it's I respect them. And it, it's just all the time was preaching about repentance, which mm -hmm. was necessary. I understood it. But all the target as Christian or the highest level that you could reach was forgiveness of sin. Mm. And my understanding that I can give words now by that time was okay. The highest level that you can reach in Christianity is to uh, forgiveness of sin. Right. And then later, like in future, there is a train coming called rapture, and then we're going to go. So that was for me something um, as a group, a corporal responsibility. 
So and there wasn't there wasn't anything to live into for for today. Yes. Like life and joy and yes. it was I got my ticket. Exactly. And and I'm safe and secure. And then yeah, yeah. And then I said, Well, if that's the case, then I come later. <laughs> it's logical. <laughs> yeah, why would I stay now? There's a lot of fun <laughs> and uh, experiences to be had in life. Oh, that age that was what I was into and that right. that was attract me to. But as these ten years I was trying to find this fulfillment into these things. And when I go out on the weekends, yes, sometimes I felt a joy for a moment, but then after that night or after that weekend, more emptiness is, was building inside of me. And that year after year, and I end up living for the weekend, living for the next experience, leading, leaving, hoping that I'm going to get the next person the girl maybe just that is going to be there for me, but all the time I feel lonely, mm-hmm. and never was something that really fulfilled me. Nothing was satisfying. Yeah. So you, at the end of this ten-year period, something took place. Yeah. Could you could you yeah. share that season where your life takes a turn? I end up uh, being in Norway, the company that I was. Hey, working. I said Viking. Yeah, All right, so, <laughs> it's yes. coming from there, yeah. Yes, okay, there's the influence. <laughs> I just uh, get a contract. They will, our company sent me there to be responsible for a project in Norway. will be wooden houses, prefabricated wooden house. And um, already two years passed by since I was in Norway, somewhere in Nord in Bodo. It's a small city. And uh, again, I was just keep going with this lifestyle of uh, trying to find fulfillment, something that will really satisfy me. And then now I was thinking is the money because being in a big family didn't have much money personal so all the time. And now get the money, enough to spend, enough to fulfill what I need and then get the parties, get all this. And still I was more and more empty, more and more lonely. And finally I said, man, I need my own club. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, said, that's the logical next. You, yeah. need, you need something 24-7 <laughs> to just keep triggering all the endorphins and all the just party exactly. party central exactly. okay because um in norway in norway yeah okay i didn't like the way they party to be honest <laughs> okay so you wanted to bring romania to yes norway. yes show them and how it's done somehow in life what you focus on you're gonna attract it's just a principle and once i just met a friend he had the location he didn't have the time he had the money i said hey that's the plan we're gonna do this 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 and the guy whoa that's the guy I'm looking for. <laughs> so then we start planning this. But uh, at the one moment, I was just alone in one room. was a basement in one house. And I just, uh, I was just smoking a cigarette by that time. And I just heard a voice. And there was, was, nobody was inside. I was just alone. And the voice said, your father organized churches. You want to organize clubs. What are you doing with your life? And that really struck me because I was 24 by then and I looked at my life and didn't build anything. Nothing that really have any sense or meaning. And I just took good minutes thinking, reflecting on my life. And I said, man, I really didn't do nothing. Just destroying myself. And I said, if I stay here, I'm not going to make it. If I'm going to keep going the way I'm, I just built until now, I'm not going to make it. Mm. 
inside of me all this year, the voice was there. Hey, there is another life for you. There is a, with different words all the time was, and there is more for you. God has a different plan for your life. I heard the voices. I heard these words before, but they mm-hmm. were not alive for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm I'm leaving. And I just called some friends. They were in the south. They were leaving to Romania with a car. And I said, hey guys, are you still going? Yeah, we just gonna go in two days. I took the first train, three hours, just go with the train, 24 hours. So I just meet these friends and just come in Romania. So I run, I run from that context because I knew myself. If I'm going to stay, if I'm just going to um, wait a little bit longer, I'm not gonna go out. You're not gonna make it. I'm not, yeah. So you, you respond to that invitation. Yeah. To turn, first you turn away from faith that your parents had meaning for them, uh, did not necessarily for you, but God continues to pursue you, and now you are turning to him. Was your relationship with him immediately restored, or were there different moments that it evolved over time? Tell us about from Norway to to now. Yeah. <laughs> I just went home, moved to my grand, uh, grandfather. He had a room, so I just get that room. And I went to my room. It was like a couple of days after I arrived from Norway. And I just, I just said to myself, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel a bad person. I don't feel that I did something bad or wrong. But I knew, I knew that there is a moment that I need to give my life to the Lord. There it must be something that I should submit where that will bring life inside of me. And I just said, God, this is this is who I am. You know me more than everybody else. Nothing to tell you. This is who I am. I don't feel a bad person, but I know I really need forgiveness. I know I need to, to give you the ownership of my life. And on that moment, I just gave my life to the Lord. On that moment, to be honest, I didn't felt anything was just nothing. But as I start to meet the Lord daily, I just said, you know, I'm going to meet him daily. So I just start to pray and connect with the Lord daily. And that start this relation with him, start to become alive again. And uh, one year later, I just met uh, somebody and, and I get married. I was 24, 25 when I, when I get married. That was pretty fast. Yeah. One year period. <laughs> okay. So you're married. Yes. And uh, from there, we together. Also, she was um, uh, she was from Iran, actually. She just, she had her own experience with God, where she was about to kill herself. And then uh, she had really an experience, a personal encounter with Jesus in her room. Because she also asked, hey, God, if you are real, mm. just uh, show me. And uh, I would encourage people, if you really want to know who he is, just ask him. Well, he's going to answer. He's God. He doesn't need nobody to <laughs> prove him. Home. So mm-hmm. he's going to do it. And um, we just met and then we just moved. We, we came from Bucharest. We just have the invitation to visit a ministry or a work among uh, Roma people somewhere in Regin, a city in the Romania. Roma, for our listeners, Roma are gypsies? Yes, gypsies. And so... You you got an invitation and you start serving together as a newly married couple. Yes, 
Yes. We start to serve there and there was a whole team of foundation working there for many years. Uh, my wife, she just get pregnant. And um, shortly after that month, uh, on the fourth month, she she lose uh, the pregnancy. Mm. And that was quite the first shock. Until then, we had really a lot of fire, a lot of... Um, Emotions, yes. positive yes. seasons. Yes. We, we, we are doing very good. And then uh, on that moment, when she get, uh, she lost the, the baby, mm-hmm. uh, things start to change mm-hmm. into a direction that I didn't uh, saw it coming. I didn't realize what it's going to be. And I was not even prepared, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the next year again happened again. She had a, another pregnancy. She lose it, and then the third mm. one. So after three pregnancy already. In her life, somehow a connection between her and God just broke. And that start a little bit disappointing in in her life, and not much on me. Let's say at that point, I understood that sometimes things don't go the way we expect them. Mm-hmm couple of years from there, we receive an uh, invitation to go to Africa, another contract there in Africa. And uh, I was hoping there to be a little bit of restoration because in the family, in our relation, things start to kind of... Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stress and hurt and brokenness. Yeah. And you're moving on into more projects. Yeah. A- and my mistake... My mistake was that I was just because this is my character, this is my the way I'm I am. I'm just going all the time on new projects to start new works. I've recognized that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm stepping sometimes uh, too fast into things. Mm-hmm. I see them, I see the need and I just hey we can do this and I feel that we can do it. And it was not about that we cannot do it or I cannot do it, but wasn't the time. Mm-hmm. And that uh, my mistake was that instead of watching hey, where she is, because if she's not in a steps with me, then she's going to stay more and more behind. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize this then. And that produced more brokenness in, in our relation. Wow, so you, you, you're, you've been to Norway. You're kind of a multicultural uh, Romanian. So you've been to Africa yeah. and, and Norway. And then after those two years, obviously things did not go well for the marriage and you ended up getting a divorce. Yes. And that was when you came back or while you were when there? When we came back, when we came back from Africa one year later. So we, we, mm-hmm. we just tried to, but then... Uh, what are the things that you feel God did in your life during that time to grow you, prepare you? Uh, because you're still... Impulsive. You, st- I still yes. see you take risks, uh, but obviously you learned some things from those deep valleys. That's where we learn and grow. Yeah. In uh, leadership development, they they stress as they you look at over the lifetime of a leader who finishes well. It's not the valleys. It's, I'm sorry. It's not the mountaintops. Exciting times where we grow. It's in the in the valleys in the difficult times if we're able to process and unpack and learn what we got from that so we don't have to repeat it 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah what yeah. are what are some of the things you could share going through such a hard time um, in that season that that has formed you? First, the first thing I understood that the God of the valley is also the God of the mount. So he's the same. He's never changed. So just because I go through, my emotions are going to tell me something else. But he's, he's the same. And uh, the other thing that I learned is when I want to move on, when I see opportunities, I need to see where the rest of the team is. I, in my case, it was my partner. Or if there is a team, uh, where they are. So I just need to wait and be together. And while I'm waiting, the first feeling is like, okay, well, I'm waiting on them, and what am I going to do? But if I'm not in rest in the place where I am now, I'm not ready for the next step either. And the next thing is to, to never leave a situation where you don't have victory. Because the mistake that I did is that if a, in a situation or a project that we start, things begin to not be that... With relationships. The, yes, with the relationship yeah. and all. Then I would uh, immediately start to look for another one. Mm, and then to start over. Yeah, yeah, to start over. And uh, I learned to just... Value people. Yes. That's so good. And I think in our 20s, you know, in our 20s and 30s, as we're, we have all this energy and we're very idealistic, especially leaders who like to take risks and are able to like pull together teams and do projects, we can get the, the adrenaline of that can be like a drug. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's cause it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. You see, okay, yeah. there was nothing. Now there's something, uh, or wow, look at, we, we built this and, and now it's being used and it feels great. And you want to move to the next thing a little bit like alcohol and drugs Yeah, 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 yeah. can have yeah. the same, yeah, can have the same effect. And, and if we're not careful, we're actually not even being present and aware of the people around us. And isn't that a heart of a shepherd to know uh, the condition of the people around the sheep? Uh, if you're an actual shepherd, yeah, you care yeah, yeah, yeah. about, you're not just, Hey, let's go to the next hill. Um, there's uh, there's a care. And that is the heart of our shepherd who will never lead us too fast he'll he won't take us into places because he's got a job to get finished and we better hurry up and keep up with him he's aware of our weakness and our uh, our need for pace and for time and so that's a really good thing to sh for you to share thank you for sharing that for those out there that are maybe in leadership position and you're tempted to just push towards the end. And when something goes wrong, start over, get a new group of people, get a new project, get a new logo, start again. But the heart of God is people, yes. is love. Yes. And to move, um, it really speaks more about the condition of our heart when we just move on and want to start over than it does anything else that we aren't. What does that say about our perspective of God does he just move on to the next person or is he patient with us and working with us and moving on to this next chapter which brings us I guess to how you ended up in Cluj 
and uh, director of this camp. Can you take us through how that came to be? Yeah. For me, as I work more and more with God, I just understand that the biggest value on earth are people. We understand that the rest also is valuable to nature, and, and but the most valuable thing on earth are people. Because this is, for people, the highest price was paid. The most... When I understood, and this for me a reality, when I understood that God did not give what he didn't need to people, to humanity, he gave what he had the most valuable, his own son, he gave to humanity. And that brings the value of people, the price that was paid for them. Mm-hmm. I just have this passion to just create a spaces, platforms, for people to connect, become real, and to just build relation, real relationship, where there is no hypocrisy, where there is no bullying, where there is no um, hierarchy. I understand mm-hmm. we need a structural one, but not that man, I have to pay a price to speak with the leader or with the other one. Mm-hmm. I came from, from Africa, and as I said, I didn't expect to go through a divorce. At the end of the day, as leader, I think uh, I take responsibility for that. I should have been more careful because as leader, uh, when things go good, hey, well, we are the one behind. But when they don't go good, the tendency is to blame the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in my case, I think uh, I should have been more careful. And my next step was to move to Cluj, where I had already friends and communities what I collaborate in the past. And when I moved here, I was just... Um, having a good time with the friends. And I just, somebody asked me, hey, what is your vision? And I said, man, I really like to have a camp where people can connect, can come together and can have a good time beside this to just build relation, as I said earlier. And somebody said, you know, I have somebody, they want to sell one. I said, okay, just want to go and see it. Of course, I didn't have the money, but I said, well, why not? <laughs> and... Um, Somehow we meet with this uh, couple, older couple that they have this place. And uh, as I meet, they ask me for some opinion about the place because they wanted to change the destination. This is a place where in the last uh, 17 years been uh, camps, uh, summer camps. And uh, because they are older, it's a lot of work. They said, hey, we cannot do it. We just want to change into a pension. Where inside of that, their heart was just to continue the work because many lives they were changed. Many people came uh, to the Lord. They just met. They had an encounter with the Holy Spirit there in that place. But they didn't find a man to just continue. And uh, somehow we get a deal that I'm going to rent the place from them and just continue this vision because the vision was so much together. That's the way I end up being a director for this uh, for this camp. So the camp is alive and well right now. I just was out there uh, a few days ago. And how many kids are there? 100. During the summer, we have a, a flux of uh, 1,000, 5,000, 600 people, teenagers, kids, mm. all ages. You have a team? Yeah, there is a team that is developing. And I have, I'm also, I have a partner, partnership for this business. Yeah. And uh, together we build a team. In, in that place. Yeah, and it's really wonderful. You know that there's good organization in any uh, camp or business or ministry when you can go there and you just feel relaxed. 
Yeah. So, and each time I'm sure there's a lot of problems and there's some relational, there always is uh, going on within <laughs> teams. That's how life is. But to go out there and just, just feel the, not just see the beauty of the mountains in this, this really wonderful camp, but just see that things are working and just commend you that you're doing a great job from a, an outsider's perspective. It's like, thank you. Wow. It's not chaos and there's not angry people running around. It looks, it's working. And yeah. So, <laughs> So if you can take us now from just starting a camp, you have all of this vision at the camp, projects, ideas, and yet you end up renting a place in the center of the bar district in Cluj. Cluj is about 500,000 or 400,000 yeah. people and a lot of college students and universities and uh, they have this huge arena and yeah. so there's a lot of things to do and there's a lot of bars and clubs there's this one street if you walk down it um i have a few there's a video that we'll post on this podcast and you can take a look at this uh, street with all the different bars and you find a place and lease it for a couple of years yes tell us about how that happened okay <laughs> i like to evaluate my life once in six months at least and I just look back and I said, um, how is my relation with those who don't know God? And I just observed that I'm here in the Obavo. Uh, we have a good program. We have a good time. There is another world out there speaking a different language. And between us, it's a gap. And yes, sometimes one of those people come in and we celebrate that. But I said, God, uh, something must happen. I just want to really be that bridge if it's necessary. As I was praying and thinking, the Lord, what, what can I do about it? He just, I just heard this. He said, change the method, don't change the message. And then I just felt uh, to go and rent a place in a city. And when I was just looking for a place, I didn't know about the streets. I didn't know about that. In the end of these streets, there is this student's campus, around 2,000 or 3,000 students. So I just saw the place. When I saw the place that it's in the streets of Pars, I said, that's the place. That's the place. Mm -hmm. So the, <coughs> you found this place along this bar district, this old bar. It used to be called Coyote. Yes. And it had been closed. Romania had gone through COVID. A lot of things had closed, not yes. reopened. And this was a place that was available to rent. Yeah. You didn't know anything about bar district no no, no um no. you'd left the party scene yes definitely so you, you, you're too old <laughs> no no i'm not old at all <laughs> for a party yeah. but not that kind of party obviously it's not it's not the atmosphere where i find myself right being so that's why i don't do that but you had this desire to get out of what you call a bubble yes which is which is really the the christian subculture where we have our own language, our own music. You find your group of friends, your church, you're part of the club, you got your ticket, and you're not engaging and interacting with the world that Jesus loves. Yes. Right? And yes. so you you are uh, a Nisim with a heart to create space and engage with the cultural around. What's your plans moving forward? I still believe that uh, the solution for each person is Jesus Christ. I still believe that each person needs to have an experience with the Holy Spirit because that will change the whole perspective about God. 
Because as I start speaking with people, I see in, uh, that they just have a negative image about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And this place is going to be a place where uh, we're going to help people to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit through connection, through one-to-one conversation, where we're going to just have different projects and that we can, they can see us who we are. We are not just some people having a program, we applaud, and then go home and just take off the mask. That's not who, we are, who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's because I have a real walk with God, daily walk. And this is going to be the place for. You hope to be open this fall? Yes, yes. For the students that would yes. return? First October, students are going to return. And right. until then, we already start to meet a couple of, couple of us to just start to build a team and that they can understand the vision. They can understand that this is something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Or a lot bit different, especially for the religious community. Do you expect some pushback do you anticipate the religious community not understanding what you're doing or do you feel you'll find encouragement and partners i think i'm gonna find both yeah yeah i don't i'm new to romania so i'm unsure of the the climate here i know in other slavic not this isn't slavic but in other places where we have been uh the you know communism did such a a damning work on the church that it's, it gave it its, its own little sandbox, its own little space to do their services, do their thing, but like have no interaction with the actual yes, cult, the yes. culture. So you, you are stepping out of those subcultures and you are trying to be salt and light. You know, yes. the basic concept yes. that Jesus, when he walked this earth, gave us, to be the city on the hill. Yes, you know, to I, be the I place. relate a lot with that, actually, right. very much with that verse. And for me, many people ask me, why that location? I said, why not? Jesus, it's in the middle of these people. whole message of Jesus, come to me as you are. So if I'm on drugs, I'm struggling with substance abuse, I've got tattoos, and I see the light on at this place, I'm welcome to come. More than welcome, more mm-hmm. than welcome. That way we are there. You're there to change me. No. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. Sometimes I end up trying to change people, enforce the change. And that brought more and more distance between me and Right, more resistance. More resistance, yes. And uh, I cannot change anybody. And what to change that mean? Mm -hmm. I know myself. So I don't want people to be like me. <laughs> I have my good parts and my negative parts. So mm-hmm. it's, anyway, I'm not the solution. Mm-hmm. But I do want them to connect them with the one who is the one, mm-hmm. who they are, with their creator. So you have experienced the perfect love of the Father to such a degree that you realize that God already knows their problems. Yes, already knows their addictions and their fears and their anxieties. And see, this is something that is difficult to explain just with information to the church. It's like, you know, there's, there's a good side of wanting to be insulated from the effects of the world, you know, and you think of all the things that uh, young men are struggling with, with pornography and all of the uh, hatred and violence we see. And, and uh, through the media, and and then you've got drugs and alcohol and all of these 
other things to be insulated from participating and letting those things destroy you. Of course, you know, be free from those things that destroy you. But the mission of the father was to send the son into the world. And then Jesus rose from the dead, according to scriptures, and sent the Holy Spirit for us to continue the mission of the Father, which just hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, you know, don't change the message, just change the method. You're committed Mm -hmm. to loving people, experiencing love first, and then letting that love transform us in such a way that we can become love, become the love of the Father as the people follow Jesus. And yet the church has this reputation of being just the opposite. Fix yourself first. Yes. Dress better. Then we'll accept you. Think these thoughts first. Then we'll accept you. Come every Sunday, give, then we'll accept you. Stop that activity or that habit. Then we'll accept you. And, but that's the opposite of the love that you have experienced. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that you want other students to experience. Yeah. The church should be your biggest cheerleaders, praying, yeah, sending yeah. volunteers, um, and just uniting to be light and salt inclusion, not in buildings on Sunday morning. No, no, no. But that's, in the that's one of the things that uh, happened to me. I just realized that I left, I lived my Christian life on a program just for Sunday. That was quite some years. Even though I, I did mission in the last nine years, I'm just being a missionary in Romania, in, in, in organization. But the ones we just we were so excited, new work, and, and we do a new project, but then slowly, slowly, just it was about organization. Not that somebody um, intended this, but just somehow we end up, again, focusing on ourselves. And that's end up, as I said, realizing that I live my Christian life inside. And that's not what Jesus did. And my heart broke for, for the loss, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, Anissa, we wish you the very best. And those listening can pray for this project. The name of the project is? Destiny. It's Destiny. We've called it Destiny Community. We have it on our website. Uh, we have, we've made a little video. And we have the details about some ways that you can participate. So go to these links here uh, in the podcast comments below. And if you have any questions, how would people get a hold of Anisim? We were working on this. We work on this information. (laughs) (laughs) You have to to fly to Cluj and just go look for Anisim. Yes. (laughs) Okay. We'll put his uh, Facebook profile link and if you want to reach out to encourage him uh, any teams that want to come over you know in the next year just to see this come alive it's going to take a lot of partners a lot of what i see is just a wonderful platform like you're saying yeah for people to come in bring their talents their gifts maybe some people want to come intern like next summer just come spend the summer right it's not going to be like a restaurant or a cafe it's just an open space right now yes yes and yes. you're just open to how it will evolve as long as there's people there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and music playing. Yeah. Good. And, uh, well, we have to wear these kind of shirts. He's no, wearing no a very colorful <laughs> Hawaiian-looking <laughs> shirt. Well, please share this uh, with anybody you think that might be interested. Maybe they've gone through a similar journey where 
have ten year uh, break from your faith, trying to find yourself, understand what brings you purpose and meaning. And your story, Anise, seems amazing. How God slowly brought you back and is now still forming you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Anisim, so much for joining us here on Perspectives. Welcome. For sharing your story. It's really the most valuable thing we have in this life is God's co-authoring our story together. And he's not finished. He's still, no, no, no. Oh, yes. he's still working on us. And so thank you for allowing us into your story. And we'll see you next time.